All right, so we were thinking maybe we would skip this week because, you know, a lot going on. Maybe not the best ever week to do a podcast, but you were like, well, just tell me what the show was. And I was like, ah, oh, but I can't. I can't just tell you what this show is because this is like a nuclear bomb of a show. This is such a massive show in the history of TV. If I just even tell you the name, it's going to automatically turn into a discussion and stuff. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. Let's just turn on the recorder and like maybe just okay. do the thing. This week's show. God, you got me really interested here now yeah because this is like this show i mean you know we got a lot of shows that just kind of evaporate and they're just like oh those kind of disappeared this one disappeared for good reason amos and andy oh god (laughs) see what i mean like i can't just say amos and andy and like okay we'll talk about it next week like we're gonna talk about amos and freaking andy so (laughs) so this is definitely like with last week i was saying like you know, Cisco Kid the show, you know, whatever, it's okay, but it's really the story behind it that's the most interesting part. Absolutely, that's the case here. I have no idea if Amos and Andy is any good as a show, but the story behind Amos and Andy is like historic, you know? It's like okay, ridiculously well, interesting. Okay, well do tell, because I don't know anything about it. So, of course, uh, just like everything else, started as a radio show, and uh, the radio show ran forever, 1928 to 1960. And it was created, written, and voiced by two white actors, Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell. And uh, this one thing is we just don't know much about. All these shows started as radio, but, you know, that's outside the purview of this. We don't really know much about what old radio was like. But in the mid-20s, they got paid literally nothing. They did a lot of their early radio stuff just to get compensated by a free meal because they were hoping that their radio exposure would lead them to stage work, which was the real work. So that's just kind of interesting. But yeah, they pitched this idea of, uh, let's do a little show with these. And the reason that they were like, well, we'll do it as two black characters is because if they put on this dialect, it would disguise their voices. So if the show was a huge failure, they could just go back to doing other radio stuff and no one would know it was them. (laughs) Yeah. So already off to uh, a bizarre start. They were called Amos and Andy because... uh, But they had another show called Sam and something or other, but that station owned it. So the new show, Amos and Andy, they owned the character names this time. And uh, just because they heard two elderly African-American gentlemen greet each other by those names in a Chicago elevator. So they're like, all right, Amos and Andy, like, that was their name, so that must be... It is catchy. So, uh, and I guess there's a third character named Kingfish? I don't know much about this. I don't know much about Amos and Andy. It's It's just... In fact, I know very little about it, and I don't know why I reacted. Like, well, it's just, it's something you've always heard, but really don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's not surprising that, you know, we just don't know much about it because it was kind of almost erased by history. We're basically, I guess, so the basics of it on radio were these two guys were really talented at doing voices. They did like 70 characters between them, and there were just no female characters for the first big batch of episodes they would just refer to their wives or whatever but never be in it and eventually they got in other actors but yeah they uh pioneered all this weird stuff about how to talk into a microphone so it sounded like it was coming from different directions so you could really make it sound like a group of people were talking but it was just these two guys like they were really the whole thing and it was like long form you know like every day like a soap opera the story would go along and as the show went on it got you know it was really popular and It wasn't just jokes and weird situations they got themselves into. There were, like, serious stuff. So, uh, like, I thought this was interesting. Many of the program's plot lines leaned far more to straight drama than comedy, including Amos' brutal interrogation by police following a murder investigation, 
And then because of official protests by the National Association of the Chiefs of Police, they were forced to abandon that storyline and just pretend the whole thing was a dream. So the police were like, you can't make the police look bad. We don't mistreat black people. And this was in 1931. So it took literally like oh, 89 years yeah. before all this. Before like Before George Floyd. Yeah. And like and things. Finally, finally, finally a police <laughs> yeah. officer is convicted. So I just thought that was interesting that like they were broaching these subjects a hundred years ago. But yeah, back then it was like, you fucking quit it. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. So that was pretty crazy. Or we'll take your lynch ya. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we'll whoop ya. Just terrible shit. And then uh, the show ran for 30 years. They did thousands of episodes. It was hugely popular, but only a few dozen episodes of the original radio series survive. Like, again, it's just crazy that no one kept any of this shit. So here's where things get weird. Is like, okay, you had this radio show, and it was controversial at the time because it was sort of stereotypical black guy voices and stuff. But on the other hand, like when you look at the YouTube comments and stuff on this show, like it was really popular. Everybody loved it. So it was like this weird middle ground of like, is this offensive or is this a good thing that it's a show starring black characters, even though it was made by white guys? Like, And it's not like it was making fun of them. It was a normal show. But on the other hand, just by imitating sort of Harlem talk and stuff. I don't know, this is weird, always contentious. But where things got real weird is they made a movie and uh, it was briefly RKO's biggest box office hit before King Kong, <laughs> so that's <laughs> impressive. And yeah, and the audience says, you know, like nowadays we can read up about this stuff on Wikipedia and we can just know everything. Nobody knew anything back then, so they just knew they had this show that they listened to every day on the radio and they just assumed it was black guys, right? They didn't know it was white guys. There's very few people would have any way of even knowing who was behind this show. So they went to the movies and they're like, hey, we finally get to see what Amos and Andy look like. And what did they see? They, they had to use the same actors because these are the guys that play Amos and Andy in blackface. And it's like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> that's bad. To, everyone thought it was a disaster. The, the guys who starred in it were like, this was a terrible idea. They, you know, it made money, so RKO was okay with it. But, like, it's just a disaster. Like, how can you, even in yeah. whenever this was, the early 40s or something, you can't fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, that's Al Jolson all over again. Yeah. So that's just ridiculous. So once we get to this television version that we're going to watch, I found the very first episode. It only ran from 1951 to 1953. But uh, by the time they got to TV, they're like, okay, so on radio, we got away with this weird situation. In the movie, it was just not all right. You know, like the fact that it even got released is only because of the time. But even then, everyone immediately was like, this was a terrible decision. You should never have done this. So what they were going to do for the show is that these two white dudes that created Amos and Andy were still going to do the voices and they were going to try to get black actors to lip sync what they were saying. And finally they were like, just get some new people. It won't kill you to have someone else play Amos and Andy. So finally in the show, it's just new people that kind of imitate how the radio was, but it's not the original guys. Because, yeah, it's like you've stretched this situation as far as you can stretch it you all, you did a blackface movie for god's sake <laughs> like, just but give the it radio up. kept on until 1960 isn't that interesting yeah it kind of changed format a bit usually once those shows those old radio shows were converted to tv that was it yeah a radio drama kind of became a thing of the past but yet here's something that survived survived television basically yeah it and, shifted and ran for another another 10 years but yeah it ran until 1960 
Uh, and the show, even though they only put out the TV show for whatever, two years or something, it ran in reruns until 1966 when CBS finally gave in to pressure from the NAACP and the growing civil rights movement to withdraw the program. Like, let's just get this yeah, show off yeah, TV. Yes. But then, on the other hand, uh, so... In the mid-1980s, Red Fox and Marla Gibbs reflected on the show's impact on their careers, emphasizing the importance of having a show that featured black actors in the lead roles, and they expressed disagreement with the NAACP's objections that had contributed to the program's downfall. So just like the radio, the whole whole history of the show is like, is it good or is it bad? You know, it's like some people thought it was offensive, some people thought it was helpful to have lead characters mm. be black dudes some people thought and it was to introduce a lot of probably black issues into a white world yeah, yeah. And, and because it wasn't like you could look at it both ways you know like they did have this well-written show where they did have characters and lives and wives and stuff that happens to them but on the other hand yeah sometimes just weird silly stuff happened because it was like a comedy show that was on every day so you could kind of like pick your lane. Do you want to be offended or do you want to see it as progressive? Because it was, it, was, it was both. It just was both okay, things. Okay, well, let's just check her out. I'm quite curious about this one now. Yeah, well, and that's why we just never hear about it and never, it just, it's not in anyone's, you know, cultural lexicon anymore. Is it, it didn't just fade away like Cisco Kid. It deliberately faded away. Like any time a network tried to bring it back, even just to play reruns, it's just too much controversy, and they're just like, just now get rid of it. So yeah, there's the, there's the, so there, there, that's why. I guess we are doing an episode this week, because it's like, I can't just tell you it was mm-hmm. Amos and Andy, and then sit on this for another week. Like, I all this research I did, and all this weird stuff, I'm like, fuck it, <laughs> let's yeah, just let's, do it. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> we'll just tell you about Amos and Andy, because yeah, again, I, I don't know, I don't expect much out of the show necessarily, but... Uh, but man, that's some history. Like, I don't know when we're going to run into another show with that much. I'm impressed that uh, that it survived. That it survived radio. It, yep. it survived on radio all that time. And this is season one, episode one. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to watch. good right i mean i guess really i guess the only thing is just is just i mean it is really heavy on you know harlem slang but it's one of those things of like yeah but it's not like people don't talk like that especially back then well and you mentioned red fox earlier okay so in the 1970s i think is when the red fox show was on which was to introduce the white world to black people right and it was very much like this and nobody seemed to find it offensive. So here we are, good 20 years, 30 years earlier, 20 years. Hey, I thought it was okay. Yeah, it's weird, too, because then it makes me think, too, of, like, the uh, the crows in Dumbo, you know, that had that accent. And at the time it was fine, but later on, nowadays, people are like, what's up with those crows? It's just, it's, I'm surprised, I guess, that Amos Nandy was so controversial at the time. You know, it's weird. Because they, it really... It's a good show. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, and we, uh, just out of curiosity, it was a little harder to find, but I looked up a quick clip of the movie. And even that, like when you say, this guy's in blackface, that sounds so bad on the face of it, but uh, no pun intended. 
But when you see it, it's like they were trying. It wasn't any kind of like a joke thing. Like if you just look briefly at like a little clip of the movie, you're like, okay, so those are white guys in makeup, but they tried. But the, even this, I mean, it, it's a it's a comedy show, but it's not downgrading, degrading them or making them seem stupid or anything. It's they're just it's just a comedy. Yeah, and it's like yeah, the uh, the judge was a black guy, the police officer that arrested them was a black guy. Yeah, like I do think that the. I can definitely see that point of like, hey, it's nice that we have a show where, you know, <laughs> like everyone's not just a white dude. Because <laughs> this is way before. I mean, I always think of just like the Jeffersons, right? Like, yeah. Moving on up. But this is a lot before that. Exactly. And it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I, I think it was good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. It's weird, though, that it really is Andy and the Kingfish. Amos was in it for like a second. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he's like the straight man. Yeah. He's the guy who came in with the coin at the end and saved the day. And Yeah, and so this kingfish guy, he's a real piece of work. What a dickhead. Yeah, he finds out that Andy has this rare coin. So he goes through all this weird pretending he's a doctor so he can get Andy to take his pants off so he can steal the, the coin from the guy and go sell it for $250. Oh, and he stole Andy's mail to find out about this. Like the guy just is an ass. Total, total piece of work. And then when he calls, he's going to call the coin guy and tell him, like, I'm on my way. But he's such an idiot that he uses the coin in the... the Phone box in the, to make the call. Yeah. So then they get arrested trying to get the coin back out. And, uh, but yeah, and pry it off a wall when, when a cop is waiting to... Right. Undercover cop is waiting to make the call. I mean, it's... <laughs> But it did have a nice twist at the end where it seemed like the ending was just like, man, Andy is such a dumbass that even once they got the coin back, he put it in the phone box again. But it turned out to be a nice little twist where Kingfish is like, ah, you idiot, like we can't break into another phone. We almost got arrested the first time. Ah, and he just goes off in a huff. And Andy just says to the operator, he just gives a, a, a weird number that doesn't exist. And she's like, that doesn't exist. And he's like, oh, well then just give me my coin back, please. And haha, he gets the coin. Kingfish is out of there. I'm like, yeah, I didn't even... I didn't see that coming. There's a good ending. Yeah, it was cute. It was a real good comedy, and it it showed black people not in a derogatory way. It actually showed them as very much like everybody else, which is what they are. Yeah. I would put this on a par with I Love Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, again, it's like weird, I guess, because we're just two random-ass white Canadians. <laughs> you know, I guess our opinion doesn't really matter. We'd have to, especially we'd have to time travel for it to matter at all. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem especially controversial to me. It's like, okay, it would have been nice if it was black actors from the get-go, but it was 1928. It's just, you know, it's just not how the world was. So given the circumstances, I feel like it's pretty respectful. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, and it's it's 1951, you said? Uh, yeah, 51, and this came out. 1951, yeah. and we're actually watching a show that is comparable to the black shows that came out in the 19 late 1970s the early 1980s like moving on up and the red fox show and uh, any number of them right and it's just one of those like there's just no good answer i guess about you know it's like you could argue that the way they talk is kind of a stereotype but on the other hand if you just had a bunch of kind of black dudes from harlem talk like we're talking right now with our accent that's offensive in a different way. That's like whitewashing their actual culture. So yeah, there's just no good answer. I guess you just got to accept that some people find things offensive and some people don't. But I guess I guess we we didn't see no, it. We didn't. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I got a real charge out of it. I'd watch. I could see myself 
uh, when though if that was uh, on regularly, I could see myself, yeah, tuning into it. Be yeah, comedy to be like home to watch it. Comedy wise, it was like way better than most of the shows we've watched so far. Yeah. It was like actually funny. So yeah, and good timing, really good timing uh, yeah. in their comedy act. And it is weird, though, again, I haven't really heard the radio show or whatever, but it's funny that they held on so hard to the original creators to the point that they would put them in blackface for the movie because, yeah, it's like, it's well-written and stuff, but, I mean, I don't I don't feel like those two guys are the only two people on the earth, as proven by this. They just got some actors, and seems like it turned out. <laughs> so they should have just done that in the first place, but, but it's an interesting story that they didn't. But yeah, it just seems uh, unfair, I guess, that this show just got uh, so shelved and just like, let's not talk about it, let's not rerun it. Like, that seems weird. Seems like a weird choice. <laughs> 